of our seats, we are welcome to his presence. The God that we have worshipped will avail for us today in Jesus' name. Welcome to the first Sunday of the month of September, the year 2021. Very soon we are going to be talking about 2022. Is that not so? You will get there in Jesus' name. Your victory will be permanent in Jesus' name. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read verses 57 and 58. 1 Corinthians 15. I read verses 57 and 58. Amen. Are we there? 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. It's been shown on the screen already. It says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 58. Therefore, my beloved, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. 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 The topic we are going to be discussing very briefly this morning, it's our Thanksgiving Sunday, is give thanks for your victory. Amen. What did I say? Give thanks for your victory. Tell somebody, I am victorious. Now tell the person, you are victorious. You are victorious in Jesus' name. When you look at that passage, because the past, we, we've read it from the King James Version. When you look at it from the Good News uh, uh, translation, the Good News translation says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, so then, my dear friends, stand firm and steady. Keep busy always in your work of the Lord. Tell somebody, keep busy always. In your work for the Lord. It goes on and says, since you know that nothing you do in the Lord's service is ever useless. Don't you like that? Nothing you do in the Lord's service is what? Is ever useless. That's the good news translation. When you go to the Living Bible, it says, how we thank God for all of this. It is he who makes us victorious through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, my dear brothers, and I can add sisters there, since future victory is sure, isn't that wonderful? Future victory is what? It's sure. Be strong and steady, always abounding in the Lord's work, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever wasted, as it would be if there were no resurrection. In other words, for the mere fact that it's resurrection, there is nothing that you do for God that is what? It's wasted. So I said we should give thanks for our victory. And brethren, from maybe January, was it January last year that we started all this uh, COVID issue? I think January, everything looked normal. By March, everything looked abnormal. And we are, here we are, September 2021. And they are still talking about fourth wave. But our God is a God of mercy. I'm very sure that 
Everyone here today, if you cast your mind back, you can say, you have reasons to say, I do what? I thank God. I thank God for the victory he has given me. Your own victory might be that, oh, I deal with COVID patients every day, and yet I have not caught COVID. Your own victory might be, oh, I was diagnosed with, uh, what do you call Is it positive COVID? Is that how you call it? <laughs> uh-huh. I was COVID positive, but I was never in the hospital. Whereas they say some people were on, what do they call that thing? V- ventilators. That was not my own portion. Your own, I mean, your own uh, testimony might be, yes, they said I, I had COVID and of a truth, maybe I couldn't even breathe. I was struggling with this and that, but here I am today. I am victorious. I am alive. I can look at my mind back and say, God has been good to me. Is there anyone here that can say God has been good to me? God has been good to you and your victory will be permanent in Jesus' name. At least we can cast our mind back and say, none has been lost. Isn't that wonderful? We have not lost anyone. We can cast our mind back. You know, I read about this, the account of some of these who that had COVID, and they say after they had COVID, they were never the same again. And then because they said they were never the same again, some of them went and were committing suicide. Uh, haven't you read of it in the papers? I read of it. I heard of it. These people that uh, these Hollywood people, because the Bible says they have chosen to abandon, they have no time for God. And what is logical becomes illogical. Because, brethren, how is it logical for somebody to decide that, oh, I was sick, uh, they say I am well, but I am not feeling very well. So the solution is to kill myself. Does it make sense? But that is the way there is in. But that is not our portion. God has given us victory. Our victory is not someone that could say, ah, it's minor. No, it, tell somebody it's not minor. Tell somebody my victory is gargantuan. Is that a big word? It's a big victory, brethren. God has been good to us. But do you know, brethren, there are three things I want, to, I, want, I want us to take note of concerning this victory. Three things. And the first one is very, very important. Is the fact that this victory is a continuing victory. So you cannot say that, you know what, I was victorious last week. No. You cannot come and say I was victorious last year. No. Because our God, the Bible makes us in, to understand in Hebrews 13 verse 8, yes? right? Jesus Christ the same when? Yesterday, today, and forevermore. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. This victory is continuous. That's very important. That's why my uh, King James Bible says, Thanks be to God which giveth us. Not which gave us. But which does what? Giveth us. Every day, there's a victory for you. You will not miss it in Jesus' name. I said you will not miss it in Jesus' name. In Malachi chapter 1 verse 2. Malachi chapter 1 verse 2. The Bible says, God was talking to the children of Israel. He said, I have loved you, said the Lord. Yet you say, wherein has thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, said the Lord. Yet I loved Jacob. Tell somebody you have a testimony. As if you mean to say, you have a testimony. No, I'm not saying tell I have. Tell your neighbor you have a testimony. And what is the testimony we are talking about? 
He said, yet I loved Jacob. Is there anyone here that God loves? Are you sure God loves you? Because, brethren, because of God's love for Jacob, there are many things that happened to Esau that God prevented from happening to who? To Jacob. God's love in your life will continue to be manifested in Jesus' name. Because, you know, brethren, at times, there's a tendency to forget. There's a tendency for us to forget that God loves us. True or false? We go through some situations that we start thinking, I mean, haven't you had times that you'll say, am I the only one? Maybe not all of us, but I'm very sure. Many of us here, we've gone through situations where we say, ah, am I the only one in the world? How come, I, I mean, it's like I go through one and I, I, mean, I jump into another. But I want to give you an assurance today. God loves you. Amen. And your victory is eternal. And your victory is permanent. Amen. And your victory is continuous. Amen. The God that healed you yesterday is the God that still heals today. Is the God that will heal tomorrow. Amen. That's why in, uh, I believe it's Exodus 15, is it 26? Where it says, I am the Lord. That does what? That healeth thee. Healeth. I continuously heal you. Your healing is permanent in Jesus' name. Amen. Your victory is permanent in Jesus' name. In John chapter 15, verse 9, look at what Jesus said. He said, as the Father had loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Just love your neighbor. Show love to others. Don't be the Dead Sea. You know what the Dead Sea does? It receives, but it never gives out. And that's why there's no life in it. Be a vessel, a vessel, a channel through which others can be blessed. Your victory is permanent. So that's the first thing about this victory. It is continuous. Number two, we are told that this victory is specifically over sin and death. It's over what? Over sin and death. And that's very important. We know, brethren, that the origin of sin is what? I mean, the origin of sickness is what? Is sin. Before, I mean, sin came into the world, nobody fell sick. Adam and Eve were enjoying themselves in the Garden of Eden. They, were, they had all the time in the world to taste. You know, when we talk of Garden of Eden, many of us think that it's a small garden. Maybe like the size of this church. Maybe like the size of a plant. No! The Garden of Eden, we are made to understand by Bible scholars. I'm not one of them. But they make us understand that the Garden of Eden is the size of countries. Yes, the Garden of Eden then is ve was very big. The size of countries that we are currently have in the Middle East was the Garden of Eden. So there was a lot to explore. If only brother Adam and sister Eve were patient enough. There was a lot enough for, for, for positive adventures, not negative adventures. Not adventures in sin. This victory we are talking about is victory over sin and death. First John chapter 5 verse 17 says, all unrighteousness is what? Is sin. All unrighteousness is sin. And of course, we know Romans chapter 6, verse 23. The wages of sin is what? It is sin that has brought sickness. It is sin that has brought death. 
It is sin that has made many of us to live in fear. Because we are afraid that, oh, what if death comes? But the Bible says, God, Jesus, by his death on the cross of Calvary, by his resurrection, has given us a victory over death and sin. Tell somebody, I am victorious. Over sin. Over death. That victory is yours in Jesus' name. That's why you don't need to live in fear. You need not live in fear. That's why the Bible says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I do what? I fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they do what? They comfort me. Brethren, many of us have walked through the valley of the shadow of death without knowing it. Without knowing it. I know many of us work in the health sector. I know many of us have had interactions that they will say, ah, you have had interaction with somebody that had COVID, go and sit down at home. They are just giving you two weeks vacation. Is that not so? After two weeks, you come back to work. In fact, you are much stronger now. Because the vacation you couldn't take previously, you've now taken it. And they will pay you for it. Many of us have passed through the valley of the shadow of death. We have come out of it. And we are still coming out of it, brethren. That valley is not over. I, I think they said how many people, maybe 900 people, uh, their daily count. Was it yesterday or today? But I want to give somebody here an assurance. Your victory is permanent. Amen. Your victory is continuous. Amen. Affliction is, your, is not your portion. Amen. Your testimony will be glorious in Jesus' name. Amen. The third thing about this victory is that it is through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's very important. Number one, we said the victory is continuous. We said, number two, it is specifically over sin and death. And we said, number three, it is through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's very important. That's very important. His name gives us victory. Remember when Jesus was born? He said, thou shalt call his name Jesus. But he shall do what? He shall save his people. That's very important. He came to save. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11. We know that passage very well. Philippians 2, 9 to 11. He said, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Every name. That includes sickness. That includes disease. That includes death. That includes failure. That includes bankruptcy. That includes, what, what else is there? It includes cancer with said sickness. Sickness, every form of sickness it has been taken care of. That includes loneliness. That includes that, that feeling that whatever makes you feel unwanted. There is a name against every name. Whatever has a name, the name of Jesus is above it. You know, one problem we have as children of God, we don't appreciate the power and the authority that we have. L let me tell you this. Whatever you feel, however you feel, if you just wake up and you just learn to just begin to shout the name of Jesus, begin to do what? You will get your victory. Is somebody with me? You know, I've, I've said this in this church before. There's a song uh, we used to sing when, when I was in the university. Hallelujah, anyhow. How many of us remember that song? The few old timers that are here. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't even know the full song in myself. Don't let the devil. Mm -mm -mm. Is that the one we know? Hallelujah. Anyhow. 
My own interpretation of that hallelujah anyhow means either your voice is good, bad, tenor, soprano, what are the other ones? Alto, bass, bass, whatever you call it. Whatever be your voice, just shout what? Does somebody want to shout hallelujah now? Somebody who is victorious, shout hallelujah. Somebody that knows his victory is permanent or victory is permanent, shout hallelujah. Somebody who will never fall or fail again, shout hallelujah. Your victory is permanent in Jesus' name. So his name gives us victory. But it's not only his name that gives us victory. His blood gives us victory. And that's very important. When you go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 to 19. 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19. The Bible makes us to understand that our redemption is not with corruptible things, things that can be destroyed, silver and gold, not with things we can buy with money. When you go to verse 18, it says, but with, I mean verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ. You were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. His blood gives us victory. That's why many of us, when you just see something you don't understand, what do you shout? Say, blood of Jesus. Is that blood, uh, does it work or not? It does. It does. You are going into a place, I mean, you, it, you, you don't even understand what you are going into. Just shout what? Blood of Jesus. That blood is still working. That blood is still working. And the blood will avail for you in Jesus' name. The blood will avail for you in Jesus' name. You will have a testimony. His presence gives us victory. His presence gives us victory. You know what the Bible says? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, it says, For our God is what? Our God is a consuming fire. His presence gives us victory. When you come before the consuming fire, the consuming fire will do either of two things. Either it will consume or it will purify. What is your choice? When you come across that blood, what will, I mean, the, the, the presence of Jesus and that fire, what will the fire do for you? Will it consume you? Will it purify you? His presence gives us victory. Haven't you had testimonies upon testimonies? People that were sick, they cannot stand up, They'll be giving up on them, and then all of a sudden, they had a visitation. A visitation with Jesus. And when Christ has met with them and has gone, every vestiges, whatever represents the sickness, is what? It's gone. His presence gives us victory. What are situations where individuals are under attack? And they shout what? And he appears. Or he sends that mighty uh, angel to stand and fight for his own. God will fight for you. Amen. I say God will fight for you. Amen. So what should be our, our, our response to this victory? What should be our response to this victory? Number one, be strong. Testimony, be strong. It's very important. You are victorious. Don't go about walking, walking like, I mean, don't walk around like somebody who is defeated. 
Uh, is there a difference between the way a defeated and a victorious person walk? Uh, the man who is victorious will stand tall. There's a Yoruba song that says, My father owns the land. I will. Uh, somebody interpret it for me. Mari Maya. Oh, yeah, interpret. <laughs> my father owns the land, so I will walk, and I will not just walk anyhow. I will walk majestically. You are in the spirit. My father owns the land. I will walk majestically. Will a defeated person walk majestically? Ah, the person is wondering that, ah, <laughs> maybe they are serial. Ah, I better just quietly disappear. Tell somebody you are victorious. Walk majestically. That's why the first, the first thing I expected of you is be strong. Tell someone be strong. See, when Joshua became the leader of Israel, after the death of Moses, uh, Joshua kept wondering, how will I do it? <laughs> this Moses, he was a man working on, operating on a different level. And now I'm taking over from him. Then the Lord came to him. When you go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, verse 7, and verse 9, each of those verses, the Lord kept telling Joshua, be what? Be strong. Be strong. Be courageous. And that's my word for someone here today. Be strong. Amen. Tell somebody, be strong. Tell, as if you may say, be strong. be strong. Because the Lord is with you. Amen. It's very important, brethren. The first response is, be strong. But you cannot be strong in the absence of the word. When the word is not in you, when the, the word is not part of you, you cannot be strong. That's why Joshua 1 6, the Lord told Joshua, be strong. 1 7, he said, be strong. But when he got to 1 8, what did he say? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night. He said, then you will make your way prosperous and you have good success. Then he went to verse 9 and said again what? Be strong. You cannot be strong in the absence of the word. And the reason many of us are weak and we are prayed like vegetables is because the word is not in us. It's not in us. The Bible says, let the word of God do what? Dwell in you how? Richly, richly, richly. Very important. Very important. So number one, be strong. Number two, be immovable. Be what? Immovable. When you stand upon the truth, don't be easily moved. Remember, brethren, remember the story of uh, Daniel? They told Daniel, I mean, they made a decree because of Daniel, anybody that worships this God must, must do what? Will be thrown into the lion's den. Oh, if Daniel was movable, what would he do? What would he do? He will not, he will apply wisdom. That's what we call it now. I said, oh, you have to apply wisdom. He will have applied what we call wisdom. But you know what the Bible says? The foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of God. Is God ever foolish? God is never foolish. When the Bible says the foolishness of God, it's because there are things we count as what? Foolishness. We are the ones that count it as foolishness. Ah, but God is working things out. And I have a message for someone here today. God is working things out. Amen. What men count as foolishness in your life, God will beautify your life. 
when you begin to share your testimony, those who thought you were foolish will come and rejoice with you. Amen. Be immovable. Daniel was immovable. And that's how we celebrate Daniel up till today. Up till today. In Zechariah chapter 12, verse 3. Zechariah 12, 3. The Bible says, On that day, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock. You know where you see Jerusalem there? You can put your name there. Because look at what it says. I'm reading from uh, the uh, uh, New Living Translation. So, but that's fine. What we have, King James. He said, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock. All the nations will gather against it to try to move it. But they will only hurt themselves. Is that not wonderful? God said, I will make Fulani Akinshola an immovable rock. He said, all nations will gather against him. But they will do what? They will hurt themselves. That is what God is saying about someone here today. Be immovable because God will make you immovable. Be immovable because God will fight for you. Be immovable because God will give you victory. In Psalm 125, from verse 1 to verse 3, Psalm 125, it says, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abided forever. Do you trust in God? That's the question for someone here today. If you trust in God, you will abide. If you trust in God, you will be immovable. If you trust in God, you will be unmovable. Nobody can unseat you. Nobody can move you. Your testimony will be permanent in Jesus' name. Look at verse 2 there. It says, as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth, even forevermore. Remember the story of uh, Elisha and his uh, servant? The servant woke up and saw soldiers everywhere and said, oh, my master, we're in trouble. And uh, Elisha said, oh, God, do what? Open his eyes. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And he saw that the mountain where they were was surrounded by chariots of fire. Brethren, you are surrounded by the host of heaven. That is enough to make you not to be afraid again. Tell somebody, fear not again. In other words, you've been afraid before. But beginning from today, do not fear again. Be immovable. Be immovable. And the third responsibility for you as someone whose victory is permanent is walk enthusiastically for the Lord. Walk how? Enthusiastically for the Lord. Be happy, be joyful in your work for the Lord. This is very important. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 23 verse 9, we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. That's very important. The Lord recognizes that there is something called in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3. 1 Thessalonians 1 3. I call it work, labor, and patience. He says, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. In other words, brethren, faith, I mean, faith is not bread and butter. There's work involved. Is that not so? Then it says, your labor of love. There's labor involved in love. God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. You cannot love without giving. You cannot love without sacrifice. 
You cannot love without involving yourself. And he said, your patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God our Father. That's very important. Paul said one thing. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, he said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. God is still ready to give increase, though, but he's waiting for Paul and Apollos, whichever one you are. Either you are the one planting or you are the one doing what? Watering. You must do something. You either plant or you water. Whatever you do, God will give the increase. I want to pray for someone here today. God will bless the work of your hand. Amen. I say God will bless the work of your hand. Amen. That's very important. And lastly, before we, before we, uh, uh, we, we go into the next thing, what are your own expectations? What are your own expectations? And it's very simple. The passage we read makes it very clear that you will be rewarded. Amen. Who is God talking to today? Tell somebody, I will be rewarded. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Your labor is not in vain. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God will reward you. Amen. I say God will reward you. Amen. Your labor is not in vain. We are talking about giving thanks for the victory. As you give thanks for that victory, you are moving ahead and say, ah, you know, like our general overseer said, he said, the moment he realized that you cannot outgive God, he made up his mind that, eh. Or rather, the moment he realized that God cannot owe someone, that when you give God something, he multiplies and gives it back to you. You say, okay, I will make sure that I give to this God and uh, he will have no way to give back to me. That is his own principle. God cannot and does not owe anyone because God cannot be unrighteous. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 is why we are going to, is our last passage. Hebrews 6 10. He said, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. You have ministered to the saints and do minister. Your labor of love, if God forgets it, it means God is what? It's the Bible now. I mean, it's not my interpretation. If God ignores your labor of love, it means God is unrighteous. But can God be unrighteous? It means he cannot forget. He cannot ignore your labor of love. It means your reward is assured. If you make up your mind that I will give God thanks for the victory he has given unto me. That I will do my own little part because my part is very little. The greater part belongs to the Lord. And he will do it. Amen. The testimonies you have now, they are small. Greater testimonies lie ahead. Amen. That's why our theme for this month is what? A new beginning. And we are starting by giving thanks for what God has done, for what God is doing, for what God will yet continue to do. Let's go down our heads. Let's go down our heads. Give thanks for the victory. For the victory that God has given.